just remembering you have the skill set if you come from another country doesn't matter if you you know you've gone through the training you're smart enough to pass all those you know exams in those other countries you know your stuff it's just keeping a very calm mind and just being confident in yourself all right today we have dr punika paplani who graduated from rajiv gandhi university in india she obtained her masters of public health from the university of toronto prior to becoming a canadian licensed dentist on top of that she's also a clinical instructor at u of t faculty of dentistry and an executive committee member of the ontario dental association join us as we venture along her inspiring journey as she tackled the biggest canadian dental board exam let's get to it and now tell us what's up welcome to tooth untold podcast where we interview exceptional dentists from around the world in each episode we probe the mind of a dentist and extract wisdom and knowledge from their experiences now here's your host kevin zappa Welcome, Dr. Piplani. So, could you kindly tell us your dental experience back in India? In India, so I went to a dental school in Mangalore, which is a small city in the south of India. It's called A.D. Shetty. Um, it was a beautiful, small little village from the city, and you know, it was just us and the medical school, and it was it's actually a charitable hospital. So we would get to see a lot of patients there. um usually obviously from very like low uh, socio economic status so just very different mindset very grateful to be there um you know sadly sometimes i felt like they were like guinea pigs but they were just they were just grateful to be able to you know uh, get some sort of dental care right because they're always in pain and they obviously don't go for cleanings it's such a different kind of dentistry but it gave me exposure to a lot of things like there's nothing i've not seen i've seen oral cancer i've seen like you know manifestation of aids or any of those communicable diseases in the mouth so it was a very um interesting journey to see that obviously in that moment i guess i didn't appreciate it as much but now that i'm out of it i'm like wow i got to learn a lot and i got to see a lot um every day we if we wanted to we could do 20 extractions in a day you know that there were that many patients it just depended on how how much like you know work you wanted to take so that sounds like really great exposure a lot of hands on clinical experience um and i was born and raised in canada but i took up dentistry in the philippines for that same reason you get a lot of hands on clinical experience with uh patients in your third and fourth year but it's unfortunate now that because of covid everything is online so i just want to know how how the clinical experience is like back at uft which i might add is my alma mater yeah so true i mean i see at uft and i teach there and like there's so much red tape so much bureaucracy in the system that it's so hard to see so many patients because only certain amount of patients are covered by the government only certain kind of services are covered by the government there's such a long wait list like i have i work in one of the clinics where we take a lot of social like you know uh, health programs and every time i suggest maybe you know going to university of toronto they're like oh my god there's a wait list of 4 months and you know if they're in pain they're not waiting for 4 months right so it's really unfortunate that we don't get to see more patients and now with the covid situation aerosol generating procedures oh my god it's it's like i feel so bad for the third and fourth year students right now because they probably did like only two fillings or three fillings the entire year which is nothing you know that's true but at least they're still seeing patients right <laughs> uh anyways i'm really curious um did you take up the canadian dental board exams right after graduation mm, i think it was around 2 years so it wasn't that long 
Um, I graduated in India, and then actually I was born and raised in Abu Dhabi. My parents still live there, so Abu Dhabi is a small city close to Dubai. Um, and then I moved back to Abu Dhabi just to you know see if I want to be a dentist in Abu Dhabi. Uh, didn't really feel like staying there anymore. I wanted something different, um, so I was like, okay, let's go to let's go to US or Canada. Those are the two routes everyone in Abu Dhabi goes because I guess like uh, I'm Indian by origin, but like we moved uh, to Abu Dhabi and then everyone looks towards the Western world, right? Like you want more democracy, you don't want to kind of go back. So. Um, I applied to schools in Canada and US and I wanted to do something in the healthcare system. So public health was kind of like a good route to move to Canada. And um, I was fortunate enough to have the resources to afford a master's of public health at UFT. So I did that. And then while doing that, I was studying for the dental exams. And luckily I had a very good uh, support system. I had a friend from the same dental school in India who also wanted to move to Canada. And we, we both got into the same program so it worked out really well. <laughs> that sounds really great. It's always much better to go through things together with somebody that you know. So speaking of the Canadian board exam, did you take up the equivalency process or the two-year program? I took up the equivalency process. So um, for anyone who's listening and wants to, you know, become a dentist in Canada, there are two routes. You uh, take the licensing process through NDEB. And you either, so you still have to give the AFK exam. Everybody has to give the AFK exam, which is the assessment of fundamental knowledge after you get your um, certificates evaluated. Um, and then you can either choose to go to an IDAP program, which is uh, some of the degree completion programs at different universities. I don't think all universities have them and there are only certain number of students they accept. And the other uh, way to get, become a dentist, I guess, licensed in, in Canada is give the AFK, ACS and ACJ, which is assessment of clinical skills and clinical uh, knowledge. Um, I chose the other process because I was like, I can't go back to school. I can't study anymore. I'm done studying. <laughs> Same feeling. And already these exams were hard enough. And I was like, and I, because I also did my master's in public health, I kind of had an idea of what the dental school was like in Canada. Uh, I had contacted some people, tried to figure out if it is a good, you know, is it necessary to go back to school? And other than the communication skills, maybe there's nothing more you would learn in dental school. Again, you just have to get into the job, get your first like, you know, uh, patient. And that's when you learn. There's no other way to learn to be a dentist. That's what I thought. At least that's what worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> when is COVID going to end? I really miss face to face now. So yeah, unfortunately, but um, in your opinion, do you think going back to school for the two years is a better option? For I think I don't think one shoe like fits all. It's that kind of scenario, right? I think it depends on what you want out of um, the process. If you do want to understand, if you like research, because UFT or some of these schools are very research focused too. So even if you're going to the IDAP program, you might have to do some sort of thesis. Uh, if that's something that interests you and you want to kind of uh, learn about that, it's great to go back to school and um, get involved with some sort of research process. But if you want to become clinically more uh, maybe experienced, I don't think either way matters. I think you mostly learn at the job. Having a good mentor is really important right after getting out of school. I think I was very lucky to have a very good mentor, which helped me understand uh, the nitty gritty of dentistry in Canada, because it is very different from probably the country you come from or probably the school. All of us, you know, when we're school, our mindset is so different. It's like getting good grades, making sure the instructors are happy with us, 
Um, but then you get out of school and then you're suddenly alone in the room and you're the boss, you're controlling everything. You're telling the patient what they need. And you're like, oh, one second, I don't think I know how to do this. So having a good mentor is important and that you'll only learn at the job. So if you uh, want to clinically become more, I don't think going back to school will actually change that for you. But coming as a, maybe as an internationally trained dentist who's never been a part of the Western world, I think sometimes going back to school is good to just learn those communication skills, uh, understand the healthcare system in the country. And that's why I feel like I went, I did my master's in public health, so it kind of worked out. But if someone's coming directly uh, from another country, maybe doing a, you know, going back to university would be a good experience or exposure into the dental industry in Canada. Um, I know, were you born and raised in Toronto? Yep, born and raised in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. So for you, I think you should just give the exams. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank God. I still got a year before I can take the equivalency process back in Canada. You know, there's a lot of crying in school. You know, I just wanted to end. There's a, there's a lot of crying in school, you know. <laughs> in any school, we're just like, can we get out of here, please? <laughs> exactly. I couldn't have said it any better. So how would you compare your experience? Like, how is the culture like back in India compared to, you know, in Toronto? <laughs> so it's been, a very, it's been a very different, it's like East meets West kind of experience. I was like, okay, this is interesting. Even writing emails to professors here was so funny. Initially, I would write like, dear sir or respected sir. And then one of the professors like personally contacted me and they were like, you don't have to call us sir. Just call us by our first name. It's totally fine. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, and this is, what I, this is what I mean by you learn so much by just going to university or you're like, oh, wait, the system here is so different, right? So you at UFT, um, it's an interesting model because I feel like I'm one of the youngest instructors there. And I really sought after to be, want, I always wanted to be like an instructor at UFT just to get that UFT maybe dental school experience. And being on the other side is definitely um, very unique to me. Uh, a lot of the instructors are usually um, uh, people who have, um, you know, uh, retired from the profession of dentistry and want to probably give back still to the community or still have a, you know, related, you know, have a very special bond with dentistry, which is great. Um, but some things could be archaic because of that. Like I'm constantly fighting about how we should be doing more composite restoration versus amalgam restorations because no one does amalgam in clinics anymore. Um, so it's, it's a different it's a different environment completely i cannot say for other schools in canada because i guess i've only lived in toronto in canada so can't speak for other uh, universities but with uft i think there's a push and pull between the new world and the old world and uh, i think that you see that in outside in the world too so i try to always you know keep it very um, with my at least students i like to keep it very uh, unique and i want i want it to be as um, you know, close to the real world environment as it can be, because I think that's very important. Like kind of uh, a liaison between like school, but also how it would be in a normal clinical environment. It's really great how you're trying to implement that in, you know, in your in your classroom. Um, I'm still struggling with carving out amalgam. So, yeah. Do you think that right after graduation, it would be really beneficial for me to take the equivalency process right away. Yes, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that makes a big difference because it's fresh, your memory, and, you know, you feel like you don't remember things, but you actually, your subconscious has a lot of those memories, you know, and it's good to take it sooner rather than later. 
I really applaud those people who like, you know, in their forties or fifties are moving here and still give the exams and have to study all of that again. Um, I'm sure it's a tough ride, especially if you have a family and you have kids and there's so many other responsibilities. Um, I was lucky enough that, you know, I came here with no responsibilities and with a lot of support by my parents um, who love me a lot and, you know, made sure I was comfortable here. Um, and yeah, it's, it's um, I'm sure it's a very different journey for everybody. I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to put it out there that I was very nervous and scared to take the leap and take dentistry in the Philippines, you know, moving away from family, being alone in another country that I haven't been in. Um, and at the same time, I've heard those horror stories where people try to take the board exams in Canada, don't pass, and they don't end up being a dentist. So, so true. Yeah, so true. You know what? Um, haters gonna hate, right? They're always gonna be people who are br- gonna bring you down. Even when I was moving here, a lot of people were like, are you sure? It's very hard to do this. Um, but I really think, yes, you need determination, hard work for sure, but you also need a good support system, the right tribe who will support you, who will you know, always say positive things to you because there are a lot of people to compete and a lot of people who say negative things. And um, maybe sometimes now that I'm you know, maybe looking at back at those situations retrospectively, I can say it was not about me, it was about them. It was their insecurities or like you know, they didn't want to change or they didn't want to move. So they always push you back because that's their comfort zone, right? Uh, but you have to grow and you have to always push yourself and um, there's nothing you know you can't achieve in this life if you put your mind to it and I know everyone says this but actually there's nothing in this world except maybe if I said I wanted to be a pro football player maybe that's not possible other than that. (laughs) Hey everybody if you haven't already seen my Instagram post recently well I've got some exciting news I've teamed up with Dr. Wolf Apparel to give one of my lucky followers a set of scrubs. These scrubs are very great. They are designed for comfort and performance. And I actually own a pair myself. And I can definitely say that not only is this the softest pair of scrubs that I've ever tried on, but they're also super functional with its modern design. I really love the athletic look. The joggers nails it down. So I encourage everyone to join as this giveaway is open worldwide. You could join via my Instagram, which is at tooth.untold. All you need to do is like the post, tag a friend in the comments. So one friend per comment equals one entry. So go wild. Make sure you're following both Tooth Untold and Dr. Wolf. And you also get a bonus entry if you share the post. So this giveaway is live up until September 3rd, 2021. So hurry up and join so you don't miss out. And in the meantime, uh, you could also use my discount code, Dr. Wolf and Tooth Untold for 15% off. All right, that's it. Check out my Instagram. Peace. So I just wanted to bring this question up. Um, How is the practice of dentistry different um, in India when compared to the practice of dentistry in Canada? Yeah, Um, very different. So as I said, I studied in a school in um, India that was a charitable, like a not-for-profit organization. So we would see a lot of patients for, uh, you know, no price or very low fee. Um, So we did see a lot of maybe quantity of patients. So it gave me a lot of practice, gave us a lot of work to do. Um, um, You know, we got to do many different kinds of procedures. You know, I've got to assist in a lot of different kinds of procedures. I definitely feel uh, at least at UFT, there's not that much exposure because again, there's so much red tape and bureaucracy in the process. 
and some um, systems might need a little bit changing or a little bit of, uh, you know, um, new blood maybe coming in and changing things. But also in terms of dentistry, I think dentistry in India is very reactive. So it's, I have pain, let's go to the dentist. Um, there's no education on perio or like any sort of cleaning schedule. Like it's unheard of that people are going every six months for cleaning. Uh, so it's a very different culture. Um, also the process to become a dentist in India is very different. So you don't have to, you know, how in uh, Canada you have to go to undergrad and then uh, go to dental school. So I feel like you're already a little bit older and a little bit more smarter making that decision that being a dentist is going to be a career for me. Um, it's not just a job because you identify as a dentist after you become a dentist, right? And even during COVID, I remember when those three months I was not working, it was very hard for me. I was like, so who am I suddenly? Like, I don't know who I am without being a dentist. So it's a very different um, mindset here. Whereas in India, uh, everyone is a, you know, overachiever because your parents only tell you to study and that's all you got to do your entire life. So you either become a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer. So um, a lot of people go to dental school, a lot of people become dentists and actually their dentists are seen as, oh, you did not get into medical school or you did not become a doctor. That's why you chose to become a dentist. So it's, um, there's like a stigma to that too, which is very interesting. Um, and as soon as you finish your dental school, there's no licensing process. You just become a dentist in that state. And majority at least in my class or the few classes that I saw before uh, my year majority of the people were women and unfortunately our culture still emphasizes a lot on women getting married earlier in their life so even from my class a lot of uh, my colleagues got married really early and probably did not continue dentistry so it weeds those kind of people out who are not actually interested in becoming maybe like you know fully a dentist uh, or want to you know um maybe contribute all that time um and that's and that's another and i think that's why when you move to canada you really have to be sure you want to get into this profession before giving those exams because those exams will take everything out of you um and in terms of the dental industry i didn't work in india that long so my you know experience is very limited to the college that i went to or the city that i was in but having some contact with my uh, colleagues there. I have very good friends who I still you know, keep in touch with thanks to social media and you can get to know what they're up to. Um, I think then as a dentist, you can only flourish in India if you own your own clinic. Whereas in Canada, there's so many different models available, right? You can be a part of public health. You can own your own clinic. You can associate. You can choose to do other things. You can even get into dental sales. Um, so I think there's more avenues to explore as a dentist in Canada, which is very amazing. It's great how you mentioned that there's a lot of opportunities for dentists. One of the questions that I want to bring up that I'm actually quite worried myself is being an internationally trained dentist, is it hard to find a job after you pass the board exams in Canada? Um, in my experience, it's not that hard. It's not hard finding a job, I feel, and I obviously have told this to my friends too. It's hard finding the right associateship because your school of thought has to match with the principal dentist school of thought. Or now there's different um, sort of uh, corporations in. So I work for a DSO in Canada, Dental Corp. Uh, so they own many offices around the city. 
So you can maybe choose your a little bit more. There's more flexibility now. There's also other uh, corporations of dentistry. So you can, maybe there'll be no um, traditional principal dentist, associate dentist. So there's uh, no one to always tell you what to do, but also then there might be a lack of mentorship. So finding the right place that you fit in and is the right team for you is harder. I don't think getting an associateship is hard. You can, you know, you might not get in the city of Toronto, but around city of Toronto, there's so many dental clinics and there's so much uh, demand for dentists that I don't think it's hard. Um, and I think, again, um, one of my very close friends in Toronto told me this, but I love this uh, mentality. It's having the mentality of abundance versus mentality of scarcity, right? So remembering there's enough for people in the world. So not having that mindset, oh, I won't get a job. I won't get this, you know, it, it will happen. And if it's meant for you, it will, you know, there's nothing again, hard to do. It's just uh, reaching out to the right people and sometimes hustling a little bit. <laughs> Every day I'm hustling. <laughs> Anyways, you know, I'm really glad that you took the time to join me on this podcast. You know, you're such an inspiration. We need more people like that in the world, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's really nice of you. I, I, I do like try to be inspiring because I feel like the journey is hard. And when I was like moving to Canada, it's I contacted a lot of people. And this is something I would tell everybody to do, you know, contact as many people as you can, like people you know about or people you can gain all this insight from. And that's why I think it's great that you're doing this podcast because you will gain so much out of it too, not just your listeners. Uh, there'll be so much. And I heard all your episodes and I'm, I love that how there's so much uh, variety in the podcast episodes and not just like one kind of, uh, you know, most of the dental podcasts are about business and uh, how to become better as a business person, which I think is needed since we are not taught about that. But it's good to have uh, some other sort of uh, a dental podcast where, you know, people can learn from it and people can understand other people's journey, um, which is really good. Yeah, which is why I started this podcast so that people who are also in the same situation as I am would be more at ease in taking this road. Yeah, for sure. And even if you inspire one person, right? It's one more person that you inspired. I don't think it's the quantity sometimes that matters. It's how many, you know, how you reach that person and that person um, feeling a little bit more safer and more uh, secure in their decisions. So at the end of the day, does it really matter if you graduated dental school from another country? Having the right support system during all these exams is so important. Keeping a positive mindset, just remembering you have the skill set. If you come from another country, it doesn't matter. If you, you know, you've gone through the training, you're smart enough to pass all those you know, exams in those other countries, you know your stuff. It's just keeping a very calm mind and just being confident in yourself, having the, a little bit of self-doubt to push yourself, but not enough that it becomes debilitating and you can't you know, go, you know, do anything. One of the things that I really need to work on is displaying grace under pressure. I always, always choke when it comes to practical exams like that. But hopefully at the end of dental school, I overcome it. So there's a question actually that I want to ask you that I've been getting a lot is, do you need to be a citizen of Canada for you to be able to take the equivalency process? So if you're not a citizen of Canada, so when I moved here, I came here on student visa with the master's program. Um, you can give the exams, but you cannot go to uh, the degree completion program. So if you want to go to a university here, you have to be a permanent resident of Canada. And 
you could have a totally separate podcast on how to become a permanent resident of Canada. There's so many, <laughs> I'll consider it. There's so many routes. There's so many ways you can do that. I'm sure um, she might have to reach out to like a citizenship consultant or a lawyer, or she can find again a lot of help online nowadays. And the Canadian uh, website, the government website, is very helpful. You can ask them questions. You can send them emails. They always reply within two weeks. Uh, now with COVID, things might be a little slower. I feel like everyone's a little. Um, I learned this word yesterday, languishing a little bit. Everyone's a little tired of what's happening here since we've been in lockdown since November. Um, so everything is a little bit slower, but I'm sure they'll get back to her uh, with whatever questions she has. There's many ways she could get permanent residency in Canada, but if she wants to give the exams, she doesn't need to be a permanent resident in Canada. She can give those exams. Um, just obviously no one's going to give her a job without some sort of status here. So she'll probably have to gain status, you know, in some other way. Um, I think now, nowadays you can give the AFK the first, maybe two exams in your home country. You don't even have to come to Canada to give them. That's what I last heard, but rules change all the time. And I've not been part of the process for a long time now. So I don't know what the updated rules would be, but I'm sure the NDEB site would have a lot of information about that all right so let's move on to your experience throughout the equivalency process so how did you find the exams yes yes both of them are multiple choice uh afk is a i think it's a six hour exam uh 300 questions um yes just also another tip just follow your first instinct you know when you see a question and you your gut tells you an answer just stick to it and don't question yourself because I feel like your subconscious always knows the answer. All my friends during my exams, they would be like, they would wait till the last minute. They would go back to each question and keep reading. And I was the complete opposite. I would just like finish the paper in like one and a half hours, even if it was like two, two and a half hour time limit. And I would walk out. I'm like, if I look at those questions again, I'm sure I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> my first instinct was always right. <laughs> again, like to be honest, all of us, have the knowledge it's just on that day how you um you know logically can make sense of the question a lot of times the the, the options are all similar they're multiple right answers they're supposed to be some fake questions in the 300 questions too that are actually not marked and are there just to confuse you so if you're spending too much time on those questions you're probably doing a disfavor to yourself because now you're stressed and now you're not answering the questions you actually knew right so Trust your gut feeling, right? <laughs> Counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the uh, last exam, which is the clinical skills exam, is uh, two days and eight hours or nine hours each day. And you basically have to be doing different procedures like an amalgam filling, uh, composite filling, doing a class two prep, um, uh, anterior filling, uh, making a temporary crown. So there are a lot of procedures. And also to top it all off, all of these exams, you only have three tries each. So maximum attempts you get is three tries. So, and each of the exams are very expensive. So having some sort of resources are very important um, because in that moment you feel like you're spending your entire life in these exams and you want to make sure you pass, but don't get discouraged. You know, um, a lot of times it's the third try that's the charm for you. And I, you probably do end up spending a lot of money giving those exams or gathering those materials but it'll be worth it in the end if this is what you really want to do. If being a dentist is your dream, then you got to you know, pursue it. And each try is a chance of a lifetime. So don't give it up, you know? Yeah, sometimes your last try could be the deal breaker. 
Yes, for sure. Yeah, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Some people pass it in first tries. Some people pass each exam in their third tries, but it doesn't matter. All of us will be there when we have to be there, you know? In your opinion, because I'm going to be taking the equivalency process right after graduation, do you think I'd be at, at a disadvantage in the clinical section of the exams? Um, I really don't think so because the knowledge or the uh, theory exams, you would probably be better at remembering or retaining that material. You probably are at an advantage for those exams. Um, and for clinical skills, I think sometimes when people come from other countries and have some maybe bad habits that you know you developed while working, uh, it's harder to unlearn them and relearn something. Whereas if you're coming straight out of dental school and you go to the coaching centers here and you um, learn the clinical skills, uh, because again, there's tricks to passing the clinical skill exams too, right? Um, if you learn those here, I think you are, I, I'm pretty sure you are at an advantage than at a disadvantage. Uh, I think definitely moving here when you're a little bit um, you know, set in your ways and doing dentistry in a certain country, it's harder to A, start here from scratch. So you have to network again. You have to like, you know, maybe start a patient base again. And you're used to a certain kind of lifestyle in the other country that you're coming from versus if you're a dental student and you're starting from scratch. Um, I think Canada is a great place to like, uh, obviously this is my personal experience, but it's been great being, you know, newbie dentist here and learning everything from, uh, <laughs> from all the mentors here. Um, and again, just make sure you're constantly like, don't get stuck in one associateship thinking, oh my God, I'll never find another job. That's not true. You know, you'll find the right job. And the beauty about dental industry here is you can be as flexible as you want. You can work six or seven days a week if you want. You can work only three days a week you can if you want. You can choose your hours a lot of times um, and just being confident, you know, that it will all, again, we're coming back to that. It will all work out. You will reach where you're supposed to reach. Um, give it time. And it's a great profession. You know, there's so much to learn. And honestly, one thing I love about dentistry is that you can never say I'm bored of my profession because there's so much to learn. There's all these new procedures to learn. Like right now I'm trying to learn Invisalign and get better at that and it's very exciting to get the whole team excited for something new um and if you have a right patient base they'll trust you and as long as you are doing the right thing you're communicating the right thing to the patient you're telling them uh, honestly about your skill set um a lot of patients are very happy to you know uh, be your first patient for Invisalign like my first patient she was like oh yeah I, I don't care I love that that I can be your first patient you know um, and I can see that you're going through a braces process. So it's good to have that empathy. Like I feel like every dentist should once at least get a filling in their mouth, get maybe braces. So you can be more empathetic to the patient, towards the patient and be like, oh, this is how it feels. Uh, this is how I can make the experience better. Um, yeah. So yeah, again, don't get stuck, you know, in one associateship or don't um, be scared of the process or think you're at a disadvantage. Definitely not. I think it would be a great journey for you to come back, give those exams, make those new network of friends here because that's important too. Um, you know, buddy up with somebody. It's very important to have that one person who you both can be accountable to because sometimes it's hard to have that um, self-discipline to constantly keep going. Some days you will have hard days. Like it would be hard to, you know, return to those books and be like, I have to study this again that I already did in Philippines. I don't understand why I'm doing this. Um, but it'll it'll all be you know again it'll all be fine if you find the right people to work with 
and if you have the right mindset which is the utmost important thing in this yes you need that winning mindset and you know never give up never give up towards your dream so is it true that your preparations have to be nearly perfect for you to pass the exams oof that's a challenging question <laughs> sometimes i sometimes i question like was my preps perfect that i passed the exam it's so hard to know to be honest you know what um when you move here and you start preparing for the exams the last 3 to 4 months everybody is practicing in those private coaching centers for 6 hours a day 7 hours a day i feel at the end of those 3 to 4 months everybody has the skills to pass the exam it's impossible that you've done so many preps and you don't know what the depth is or you don't know what the width is um it's just basically on the exam day having a good day so you know how every day nowadays i go into my practice and there's some days that are great and every prep i do is 100% like great and then there's some days that i'm like mm, i think that patient will have to come back and i'll have to repeat that prep because i didn't do a good job right but on the exam day you have to do a good job there's no you know because there's that pressure that that is it this is the the day uh and again coming maybe we're jumping around a little bit but having that mindset so for me what really worked uh was being mindful and in my culture um i have done yoga and meditation since i was a kid my parents you know tried inculcating that at a very very young age and then i turned into a teenager i thought it was lame i was like why are they telling me to do this it's because it was also related to our religion and culture uh but somehow i realized whenever something hard was happening in my life i would always revert back to that and during these exams those 3 months every morning without fail for 15 minutes i did yoga and i meditated for 10 minutes and it really made a big difference for me just being mindful being present while doing the prep because again you have the skill set there's no way after three you know you've gone to dental school you for the three four months you've been practicing every day there's no way that your hand doesn't know how to move or the angle it just comes naturally to you it's just being present being calm on the day of the exam not having that stress not having that anxiety and also knowing that there is room for failure even in these so when you uh, those eight exercises that you have you're allowed to i think fail or get a little low grade in a few of them uh so having that presence of mind okay you know what this prep didn't go well and i can't reverse this but now all the other procedures i do the next four procedures have to go better so i have to keep a calm mind and i just have to do my best and i remember my anterior filling and i love doing anterior filling even till date that's my favorite procedure to do in um the office because a, it's very rewarding the patient loves it uh and i generally just enjoy doing aesthetic procedures it's kind it's the it's a place where creativity and science kind of collides right and my anterior filling was really bad on the day of the exam and there was no time to change it and i still had more procedures to do and the only thing i kept saying myself to myself was it's okay it's fine i could get an e in that i can still pass this exam even though that didn't go well and i think that was very that was a turning point for me for realizing it's you know i have to still continue doing better at the other um procedures so keeping that mindset again just being calm i can't stress enough how much like being mindful in those procedures is important to get that perfection because there are a few criteria that you have to keep in your mind and just you know follow through them and i think i think it's possible to just you know uh pass those exams if you can on on those days of the 
test, keep that straight mind and go in with that mindset. Because I, I also saw a lot of dentists or my friends who are so good in clinical skills. I know I, I learned from them, but on the day of the exam, anxiety is what killed them. You know, they came out of the exam saying, oh my God, those three procedures were wrong. And I'm sure it was one after the other, because once something goes wrong, you start talking really meanly to yourself. You start discouraging yourself. So you have to watch those words you're saying to yourself, having like compassion in that moment, which I'm not saying is easy. <laughs> It'll take time, but it will come. <laughs> exactly. Trust the process and follow your dreams. This is what you want to do and you are determined and you can put in the hard work and this is what you care about. It will, you know, some days will be hard some days will be easy just like anything else but you just got to push through them and you will come out of the other side you know and it's exciting to be on the other side you already know so many dentists in canada you're gonna have a great time <laughs> yeah when i'm back you know i'd really love to meet you in person and you know learn a lot from you for sure yes yeah we'll all like gather up we'll do like a tooth untold podcast like uh, you know group event and hopefully we can actually meet in person which will be great because i hate i hate virtual stuff we need that interaction <laughs> anyways i'm down to my last question so where do you see yourself five to ten years from now um i think i'm definitely looking forward to what dentistry will feel like five or ten years because it's been almost four years now that I have been working as a dentist and I definitely feel very much more comfortable in my clinical skills. Um, I've also realized that, um, you know, everything has a learning curve. So like Invisalign right now has a learning curve and all my fillings, all my class two fillings had a learning curve. Uh, all my class one fillings had a learning curve and there's still stuff to learn sometimes, you know. Um, but I think the most exciting for me would be to see in five years what new skills I've acquired, um, where this journey is going to take me, you know, whether I'm still going to be an associate, whether I'm going to own my own practice. I haven't decided that yet. Um, I'm very, very glad and grateful that I have a very good now um, dental industry support system here. And I want to see how that flourishes, uh, especially once COVID is over. <laughs> and I've always been very um, interested and have done a lot of uh, volunteer roles in different countries. So I've gone to Dominican Republic, I've been to India once and uh, just given back to the community. And I want to continue doing that. And I want to see how I could take that a little bit further here in Canada too. Uh, just before COVID actually, we had tried to do a smile day in one of our clinics in West Toronto where we wanted all the low income um, you know, families to come in for free cleanings and um, we couldn't do any other procedures because of liability purposes, uh, but just simple, maybe root caries, fillings or uh, cleanings. And it unfortunately couldn't happen because of COVID. And we had all the logistics set up and everything was set up. So I, I want to see how that could, um, you know, what we could do with that and where I could take that. So very, some short-term goals, some long-term goals. And again, that's the best part about dentistry. I feel like there's so much to do. There's always so much to learn. There's never, you know, some people have those jobs where they're like, I have nothing to look forward to anymore. I'm maybe at my peak and I don't know what to do next. With dentistry, I don't think I'll ever have that fear because there's never enough to do. There's always so much to learn, so much to, you know, grow into. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And 
it'll be exciting to see you know people like you and new the new generation joining into the dental association uh what you guys bring into the uh dental industry technology is becoming very big like um 3d scans and cad cam machines um there's virtual uh, like virtual uh, and also digital uh, surgical planning now i haven't gotten into that but that's something i think will be the new thing and and being in toronto that's another great um thing i love the city i think this is the best city in the world it's it's so dynamic and it's so multicultural so there's always you have to stay on top of things if you want to live here and flourish here right and it keeps pushing you it's like you have to do this now because everybody else is doing it around you um and i'm looking forward to just being you know more involved in everything just in, even in the association with dentistry and last but not least what are your last pieces of advice to all the dental students out there it's a tough profession so maybe my advice would be just don't be hard on yourself you know just um we all are great we all are doing um there's a lot of i think in the dental world there's a lot of competition because we all work in silo in isolated environments but remembering that actually we are not competition and we are just from the same fraternity we all are healthcare professionals that care about dental health of our patients or other people around us and i'm sure when i was in dental school i gave out that energy too that there was a lot of competition between us and if any of my dental colleagues are hearing i'm sorry if i did that you know uh but all of us are friends and all of us need to help each other we all can learn from each other and a lot of times we want to show all our good work uh to each other but sometimes it's okay to show our blunders and be like how could i have done this differently and how could i learn from you because everyone's experience matters and uh talking about it makes it a little bit easier makes it more human um and you know again just having that right support system during your entire life as a dental student you know right now i'm sure you're making great friendships keep those friendships uh you know they are not your competition <laughs> they are they are you will have there's enough for everybody in the world and uh you all will be fine you all are going to take different paths it's not even two, two years down the line it's not going to matter that he did or she did five patients and you saw seven patients really will not make a difference uh what will make a difference is um what kind of connections you made um what kind of friendships you kept what kind of memories you made you might some of my best memories are from my dental school and um just being you know and when you do become a dentist being patient centered remembering that the patient is in the center of it all uh your ego does not matter uh sometimes uh what you're comfortable with does not matter being honest to the patient you're not comfortable with the procedure um if you did end doing something wrong owning it and you know t- being honest with yourself and also being kind to yourself but also being honest again with the patient and communicating in the right way educating them in the right way so we all can you know lead better oral health lives right have better oral hygiene have beautiful smiles <laughs> all right a big round of applause to dr bhumika pakwani for sharing her journey canadian licensure so thanks for joining us on tooth and toe podcast remember keep your head up keep your heart strong you can definitely do it and that's all for today if you enjoyed this episode please do me a favor and go to itunes apple podcast or however you listen to me and give me a rating and a review it really helps my podcast pop up in the rankings 
and become more identifiable to people who don't know who I am. And it also helps this podcast grow. And I would also really appreciate it if you could like, comment, and follow at Tooth Untold Podcast. We'll end this episode like how we always end it. Stay safe and have a great weekend. See you on the next episode. <laughs>